eternal God, almighty and ever-living King of glory. We thank you today. We thank you on this day of Advent, the day that marks the season of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blessed hope that we have in your coming. Thank you, O Lord, for upholding us all these months, even unto this day. Be thou glorified as we go through your word, guide and guard our thoughts, and make us not only to be sayers or hearers of your word, but also doers of your word, so that at the end of the day, we may be worthy of being called into thine everlasting kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. The season of Advent. Adventus in Latin. Which means the coming in the Christian church calendar of Christ. It is a period for preparation of the celebration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at Christmas. It is also quite importantly the preparation of the second coming of Christ in Western countries and indeed in the Eastern churches. Advent is seen as the beginning of the liturgical year in the church. Today too is the first day of December and we have survived not by our strength by the special grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. From January through the months to this last month of the year. And there is the first Sunday in December. We are very grateful to the Lord. Our topic of today is living in hope of His coming. And it's taken from Revelation 1, verse 7. This topic is also in line with the general theme of the chapel for the year, which is pressing towards the mark. We have already read the first lesson, and our text is taken from the seventh verse of that first chapter of Revelation. It says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. This passage reminds us of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it rekindles in us as Christians the hope of this coming. And so we talk of hope. What really uh, can we say that we understand by this hope which is coming, which we have in the coming of Christ? Now hope connotes the feeling of expectations and desire, feeling of trust and confidence 
it gives a sense of encouragement in expectation of better future. Then we may ask ourselves, you know, it is possible that even non-Christians have hopes of a better thing. Politicians, for instance, will always have hopes of getting into political offices because that is what appears to be in vogue in our Nigeria of today. But what is the essence of biblical hope? This hope is not just anchored on the passive philosophy of fatalism. And fatalism means that what will be, will be, in spite of our efforts, in spite of our strivings. This is certainly not the hope that the Bible offers us. The biblical hope is rather a confident expectation of good things to come. A full assurance of hope. Now what then as Christians can we hope for? We'll refer ourselves to Titus chapter 2 at verse 13. Titus chapter 2 at verse 13. Where the Bible says that we are awaiting a blessed hope. The appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. What then is the content of this blessed hope? This blessed hope is anchored on the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior had been here before. He had appeared on earth as a man, human being. He passed through during his earthly ministry. He died for us on the cross and shed his precious blood that we all may have redemption. And the centrality of Christianity is the coming of the Son of God into the world as a man and his assignment to destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. And create a new people for his own glory. And create a new people for his own glory. And so the core of Christian faith is that Christ obeyed the law of God by his dying for the sins of his people. By his resurrection from the dead and by his glorious ascension into heaven where he is seated at the right hand of God. And his second coming we fervently await. Now we have had insights from the first lesson which was read to us from the first chapter of the book of Revelation. Now if we take a closer look at that chapter, particularly verses 5, verses 5, 6, 
Of course, seven is our team. And verse eight. And I read. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. This blood which he shed for us on the cross. And had made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This God, this Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. Which is, which was, and which is to come. The Almighty. The Omnipotent. Who has all power. And those who trust in him. Nothing shall be impossible. With their trust and belief in him. Christ as we have seen. Came in human flesh. Suffered and died for us. And washed us from our sins with his own blood. This was the first coming. A manifestation of grace unto all men. As we see in Titus 2.11. It says that for the grace of God. That bringeth salvation. Had appeared to all men. He gave himself as ransom for all of us. All men. As a gift of grace. And so this first coming of our Lord and Savior. Is the appearance of grace. Christ gave us hope. In course of his earthly ministry. A blessed hope. As Titus 2 verse 13 will say. Christ also gave us a blessed assurance. In course of his ministry. If we look at. St. John's Gospel chapter 4. Chapter 14. From verse 1 to 3. And it says. Christ says. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house. There are many mansions. If it were not so. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Do we believe the same of Christ? Or do we read and gloss over it? And if we do, there is no better blessed assurance of a second coming. And this second coming is the appearance of his glory. Are we prepared to share in this glory? 
as he ascended into heaven gloriously, he will also come in glory unto us to take us to a place he has prepared for us. Are we prepared to go with him? What grace began in our lives through his first coming, the first coming of Christ. And his glory he will complete in our lives through the second coming. And when he comes, Revelations 1.7 says, All eyes shall see him. Even those that pierced him shall also behold his glory. And those that have refused to partake in his glory and take advantage of this glorious assurance will wail. There may be tribulations and existential concerns as Christians as we live our lives on earth. Particularly so in our country today. Where gloom, where hardship, where existential worries appear to be the order of the day. But in all this, we must learn patience. For God has not abandoned us. He has given us the assurance that he's he's gone to prepare a place for us and will certainly come to take us so that where he is, we shall also be. Standing by the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, especially in these last days and in our circumstance, unfortunately, in our own environment, where mere speech and profession of faith are threatened with pain of punishment, even by death. This will certainly bring opposition and tribulations. I will ask again, are we really ready? In spite of these worries, in spite of the harshness of our days, our commitment to continue on the straight and narrow path. It's not an easy road. But are we committed to remain focused on that as we await his coming? What is the status of our hope for the coming of Christ? There is a condition, a state, that is expected of those who have this hope. Those who are expecting to meet Christ on his coming. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and at verse 3, that every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he, Christ, is pure. Accordingly, the expectant Christian must deny ungodliness 
worldly lusts and must live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. This admonition we find in, in Titus 12. In Titus 2 verse 12. Now this must be so for the true Christian. To vindicate the saving sacrifice of Christ. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us. From all iniquity. And purify us unto himself a peculiar people that are zealous for all good works. Everyone therefore who is hoping for the coming of Christ must be ready in such a way that the Lord that is coming will find us worthy. Every opportunity has been given and is still available to all Christians. Every opportunity of purifying ourselves and being ready for his coming. Jesus Christ had come. His first coming for everybody and he gave his life so that we may be redeemed. In that coming he came. Not just to take the righteous. But to call sinners to repentance. He has embarked on that ministry. And has taught us all things. And has given us a blessed assurance. That even in living. He will not leave us comfortless. He has gone to prepare a place for us. And where he is. We will also be. So perchance we are still backsliders in one way or the other. Or sinners or the like. Is that the state in which we want to meet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Christ in his coming is coming for his sins. Who can confidently like Paul the Apostle declared, that I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course, my course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Second Timothy chapter 4 verses 7 to 8. How then do you and I relate with the reality of the end time? The major difference between a Christian and an unbeliever is the hopefulness that one day, sooner or later, Christ will come for us. And so for the Christian, there is hope in our future. And there is also future in our hope. Living with this consciousness makes us 
inseparable from the love of Christ. And so whatever the circumstance that we pass through, shall we cut corners? Shall we abandon the love of God? Lack of job. Lack of what you consider the necessities of life. Will they be the things that will separate us from this blessed assurance and this love which the coming of Christ holds in stock for us? The prophecy this morning said we wait. We wait. And we wait for God. We cannot time God based on our physical timing devices. Because as we sing in the hymn, a thousand ages is like an evening gone to God. I remember that our dear sister, in course of sharing the word of God with us, as Dr. Mrs. Ijoma Wanjeko, referred us to what she calls her favorite passage in the Bible. And I intend to read it because that it, it's a source of comfort to me too and to all those who wait patiently on the Lord in spite of the existential challenges that we pass through and in spite of the circumstances that tend to deter us from this race. I can assure you it's not an easy path. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all this, we are more than conquerors through him that strengthens us. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes those of us who are lawyers, and even most Nigerian Citizens, when you look around, you look, you tend to observe what is happening with feelings of nostalgia. You tend to believe that yesterday appears to be better than today. Because of the kind of circumstance that we pass through. And there are tempting circumstances that could make somebody to want to compromise and to want to cut corners. Salaries are not enough. And even if they 
they are enough. Sometimes they are not paid on time. The landlord is coming for his rent. There is fire on the mountain and the home front. Fees have to be paid. And all those kind of worries. And when you step out, you confront existential worries. No light, lightlessness. And you compare our country with some others that have similar circumstances. And you wonder whether life in Nigeria in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s are not better than the circumstance on that which we pass through today. And so, if you're a chief executive in an establishment, you will tend to perhaps pad your budget because padding has become part of our Nigerian vocabulary. And if it is padded, there is an agreement with a contractor that the balance will be shared by an agreed formula. If you come out and you talk and you criticize what you conceive as not going on well, you are threatened with all manner of things. If you go to court to vindicate your rights, the courts agree with you. Court orders are not obeyed. People are incarcerated. What must a Christian do? Do we give up? Do we allow principalities and powers to tear us? In some states, for instance, in Kaduna, if you're a preacher, you need a license from government before you can preach and propagate the gospel. There is an ongoing process that if you say things that some other people consider to be hate speech, you may lose your life. But I think some rethink is coming in and they know that life is sacred and is given by God and cannot be taken by any trivial means. And so amidst all these, all these worries, what do we do? Do we give up? Do we compromise our stand? Do we compromise our blessed assurance of the coming of Christ? I think not. So how prepared are we for this coming? Have we made plans? Or do we not have plans at all? If we have plans, have they been altered by this, what the lawyer will call novus actus intervenience? A new causation in the, in the chain of events. Have we abandoned those, those plans? And perhaps gone back. Whatever the case, the first step is to avail ourselves of that reconciliation that Christ offers to us. If you have had that plan and you have abandoned it, come back. Come back to him who will perfect it. If you have not even planned anything at all, it is time to come to him who knows the end from the beginning, who is the Alpha and the Omega, who was and is and yet is to come. My brethren, this morning, Christ is still with us, is still available.
And it still remains the way, the truth, and the life. No man commits to the Father except by him. John 14 verse 6. Are we ready to avail ourselves of this opportunity? The Bible in 1 John chapter 2 at verses 1 to 2. And this is a passage that we read often in cause of celebration of Holy Communion. It says that if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. Are we ready today to continue to press on? To press on. Especially at these last days, the end time. When the coming of Christ is even more at hand. To press on is to give in all the efforts that it takes without peer distractions, without distractions of earthly worries. And focus our attention on making the mark. The good news is that Christ is available. He still stands and he still knocks. Young person, the infant, the father, the mother, open to him the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. That opportunity made available to us. He will come in to us and he will sub with us. It is a rare opportunity for somebody who has placed us on the pedestal of kings and priests. For somebody who has gone to prepare a place for us. Are we ready to be with him? If we are ready, the opportunity is now. The opportunity offers itself now. And is ever willing to accept us. And those of us who want to do that, or those who want to perhaps rededicate ourselves to this worthy cause, in spite of worries, existential worries, those of us that want to enjoy with our Lord Jesus Christ in eternity with the whole company of heaven. This is an opportunity. And so, the message is wait unto the Lord. Commit yourself unto meeting him. He is there. And he will in no wise cast you aside. Let us pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Our Father, we anchor our hope in your holy word. That has reminded us this morning 
that you are coming again. You had come before to offer yourself once for the sins of many. You have come before in a period like this of the advent to be the savior for all the world. You have come before to be the propitiation for our sins and not just for our sins only, but for that of the whole world that no one will be with any excuse. But you are coming again and this time in glory and you are coming this time for those who are waiting for your second coming, who are waiting for your appearing without sin now unto salvation. Lord, may our lives be ready, purified in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, if there be any way, any weight, Lord, if there be any of the things that though they do not have any power to overcome us, they do not have any power from your scriptures to separate us from your love, but they are burdens now, things of daily life existence. Things of personal pecuniary needs. Things that concern our spiritual onslaught. Father, in any way they are weighing us down. But by your word of prophecy and by your word spoken and preached, we have a sure word that we have a hope and we have a future. Lord, you have made us more than conquerors over every single one of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Tribulations, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Distresses, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Height or deaths, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Diseases or needs, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Daily bread or job, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus Christ. Principalities or powers, we are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. And you have told us, wait on noon. And as we wait, wait without sin. Lord, may our lives be made pure before you this morning again in the name of Jesus. All that weigh us down and all the impurity, we cleanse ourselves of all purity in skin and of all impurity in spirit and of all impurity in body and in mind and in soul. And we present ourselves before you perfecting holiness in your fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Grant us this patient hope. Grant us this expectant hope. Grant us this hope that shows we are ready, committed even the more unto you, without compromise, without drawing back. For anyone that draws back, your soul will have no pleasure in him. No one here, not in this season, not within this year, not in this dispensation, not before Jesus appears again. Now to take to his glory, even all who are waiting for him shall draw back in the name of Jesus Christ. We break every hold and we break every power that had seemingly tapped on us and loosened our confidence and brought doubt and made us Lord to walk with a wavering faith. This morning we knock them off away from us in the name of Jesus Christ. We reaffirm our faith. We reaffirm our confidence. And our hearts will not be troubled. We believe you. We trust you. We live every day as if we expect you are coming. Cause our lives to be ready. Cause our lives to show we have a hope. Cause our lives to say we have a future. Cause our lives to also experience your daily presence. Walking with you. Giving you the light. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you that the burdens that also interface in our lives. Father, we shall see them again no more in the name of Jesus Christ. They have an expiry date and in their season, according to your word of comfort and exhortation. Lord, we shall look for them. We shall see them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, according to your timing, they are just for a little while. And Father, we shall have a rejoicing that our God is faithful who has promised and is able to bring to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you as we reaffirm our faith and cause our confidence to remain in you. And Lord, thank you that everyone here will have a sure hope of the foundation in Christ. We have a sure future of our hope in you. And it is not a hope that does not have a reward. We shall expect sin. And Lord, we shall receive that reward. And Father, we shall receive welcome home. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest and labor of your master. May that be even the desired expectation and reward for everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.